Welcome, you're at OTR, Over the Rainbow, Achieving Mental Health for Real. OTR is a safe place where you can go to hear how real people recover from their mental issues. Also, we have expert guests who give you practical tips or advice on mental health. Your host is Bob Adelman who brings you important information and interesting shows and interviews that may be very helpful. Bob also has occasional solo shows like the popular Beating Severe Anxiety and Depression. And finally, the most important function of the show is to lessen the stigma of mental illness and allow people to talk about their issues. To show that mental illness is nothing to be ashamed and embarrassed about. To try to prevent suicides which break the hearts of family and friends. There will be opinions about medicine versus natural healing. And much much more. Today Bob talks to Rodolfo D'Angeli, who is what he calls a life artist. He takes us on his journey to recovery and his work with ancient plant medicine and techniques to a better life. As a life artist he offers the methods that helped him recover and changed his life. So here is Bob with today's interview. Hello Rodolfo, welcome to the show. What's up, Bob? It's good to be here. Yeah, uh, we, it's good we to were have waiting, you. waiting a little bit about it, but uh, finally we're here, and I am super excited to do this with you. Yeah, let's go for it. Um, could you start off by telling everyone a little bit about yourself? Oh, that's a, that, that that question is always so daunting, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, <laughs> I'm Rodolfo. My, my name is Rodolfo De Angeli. I'm originally from Italy, but uh, I am uh, currently living in Australia, in Melbourne, actually. You might have heard about Melbourne all over the news in the last few months, but that's where I live. It's actually a really beautiful city that has been home for me for the past 18 years, uh, which is amazing. Uh, I am married, I am a life coach, I practice Andean shamanism. I am, uh, I am originally, I used to own a, a construction company, but uh, today I, I um, you know, I gave my life to, to helping people, uh, helping them perhaps if they go through any mental health or are kind of stuck, middle-aged and, um, you know, looking for, for that next step in life. And that's probably what happened to me and why I am on this path today. I mean, I suffered for a mental health or depression and anxiety for, for a long time in my life, probably about 30 years. When, when did it start? What age were you when your problems well, came up? Um, I, think it, I believe it started very early for me, but mm-hmm. I never knew that I had, see? My my parents gave me uh, gave me a way to foster parents when I was eight months old. So my upbringing was a little bit, you know, rocky and uh, was quite an experience for me. A little boy trying to figure out where he fits in the world. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, depression and anxiety was present in my life for a long time. A lot of insecurity, you know, the lack of, you know, f- having you know, a person to look up to. My father came to my life when when I was only, you know, when I was already 11 years old. So I didn't know my father and I, I you know, I didn't know how to be, you know, how to become, you know, first an adolescent, but also then later on a man. So for me, the early years of my life were, were kind of lost. So I mm. think I have had, you know, the anxiety and depression for a long time, but I only... I only was able to recognize it when everything started to slow down, you know, because I was always running away from it, right? <laughs> right. Did your uh, 
mother and father, did you know them other than you said at 11 you met your real father? Yeah. So what happened is I was uh, I was uh, grown up with uh, foster parents until 11 years old. And then uh, my parents decided to bring me back home, which which I did. But, you know, the beginning was very hard because I I didn't have a relationship with them. I didn't know who they were. I didn't know what they liked or what they didn't like. You know, it was it was me trying to figure out another set of parents that I had, as I had for the previous 11 years. You know, I used to always be changed from one foster parent to the other. And eventually I was um, in Italy with my aunt and uncle. So when I came home, I I, I needed to, to try to fit in into yet another set of, of adult people around me, you know. So... Um, but that that caused a lot of a lot of issues because yeah. I didn't know. First of all, I didn't know who I was really, and you know, trying to figure out how to please someone else so you are seen was a task and a half, especially being so young, right? Mm-hmm. Were you were you ever diagnosed with anything in particular? You know, bipolar or just severe anxiety or. No, 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 no. I wasn't. I wasn't ever diagnosed. Uh, you know, I was. I I was quite wild when I was young. You know, as a as a kid, I was quite you know out there and you know having a lot of trying to have a lot of fun out there. You know, wasn't really scared of things. So they always thought there was something. I mean, you know, I was growing up with my auntie and uncle, and they were quite older. And they thought I was crazy, so they they um, they used to bring me to places to check me out, and I had all sorts of tests done on me, but they never found anything. I was just okay. I was just active, I guess. Okay. And um, but yeah, no, I was never diagnosed with any bipolar or anything like that. It was okay. Just, was there a history in in your family that you know of? No, Not I think really? you know now in later years that I am obviously an adult myself and. Um, you know, being able to understand what what depression and anxiety really was because it was so present in my life. I then realized that my father actually, you know, um, was suffering from depression, I believe, in his later years mm-hmm. when he when he um, when he retired, you know, he he when he retired, my father. I think he had a, a vision of the world completely different than what actually happened. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I felt that my father was, was um, you know, kind of slowing down, was always very grumpy and, and stuff like that, you know. But I was already older and I didn't really have a lot of time because obviously I was living in Australia, he's living in Italy. So we didn't have a relationship as such anyway. But I do understand today that he must have gone through some depression towards his later years. Yeah. Do you think you suffered any abuse by any of the foster people or, or your regular parent? Yeah, actually, it was sexually abused when I was eleven. Um, yeah. So, so uh, yeah, that was that was a, a big thing for me as well. You of know, of course. But again, it was uh, it was for me a way. Well. At the time, or a little bit later, I guess, I was able to shut it off from my brain, really. I, I barely thought about all that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I also, what it did for me later on, in, in I think in my 20s, 
I always doubted my my manliness. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, how how can I be a man if I allowed that to happen? You know, to me, and I didn't do anything about it. But only later on, when I was able to heal and understand my story fully, I saw that actually it wasn't my fault, and and there was nothing I could have done. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I was able to let that go for myself and heal and also let the other person go. Because at the end of the day, you know, healing happens when both people, um, you know, are able to let go. That Even though the other person might not know because you are going through the process. But if you can let that go within yourself by understanding what the story really is about, all of a sudden, you know, um, you can kind of move on and you change you change what what really happened and you allow also the other person to just carry on, you know, so you don't have to carry it anymore, you know. What was your age, though, if I can ask? When you, I'm 52 today. No, what was your age when you had the abuse? I, 11. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. sad. A lot of people get, like, what they call PTSD. I don't know if you yeah. ever heard of that, but... So yeah, absolutely. At some point in your life, you try you turn the direction positive. So, could you tell us how that all started? Well, I think it started in my garage, really. The moment where you know I was thinking over, over and over how to end my life because I came to a to a to a time when everything was really really heavy, and you know I, I didn't know much more what to do and um, and how to turn it around. And I was 40 years old. So, you know, the night or the, the day I thought that would be, you know, that particular day that everything will happen. Well, something happened just before I, I thought to follow through. And then um, I believe after coming inside from my garage, coming back into my home and Stumbling on a quote, which is super, super, you know, weird that life can change by reading a quote. And the quote was said that if you do what you always done, you will get what you always gotten. Right. And that was that was to me, that was so profound because I was I realized at that moment that I was actually not doing anything to change my life. I was complaining about everything. I was, you know looking for pity everywhere. I I used my depression and my anxiety to give myself what I needed, which was love and attention. And I realized those things when I really sat down and started to be honest with myself, you know? Yes, I had a lot of trauma happening. Absolutely, there's no doubt. But that happened when I was younger. It didn't happen later on and I carried it. And I didn't know how to obviously you know, I didn't know how to um, process things, but the way I chosen to, which was, you know, by acting out and being wild, by always looking for that next adrenaline rush and whatever, right. you know, it, it never got me to actually sit down and see, okay, what is going on with me? You know, what is, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm not broken or anything like that, but something is is not not right because I'm not happy, right? I'm I'm constantly I'm constantly looking for you know a way to be seen. And you know, when, when you are at that place, you're prepared to do anything, right? But then eventually 
um, you know, obviously I grew up in Italy. Oh, I grew up in, in, in Switzerland, sorry. So I lived most of my life in Europe and eventually came to a point where I left Europe and I came to Australia. And I thought I would leave everything behind me, you know, all the problems, all the stresses, everything. And actually, for the first year, it was like that. When I arrived here, it was amazing. I had a, the time of my life. I was in a new country. You know, I, I met the, the, the woman that eventually became my wife. And, and it, everything was amazing, right? But a year later, everything started to fade away. All the novelties started to fade away. And, and my, my past came to visit again, right? And and I always mention a quote by Seneca that says, no matter under what sky you travel, you always travel with yourself. You know, and I, I read that in his book, um, On the Shortness of Life, which I absolutely recommend. What's it called again? It's called On the Shortness of Life mm, okay. by Seneca. Absolutely incredible. Little tiny little booklet that honestly had a huge impact in my life because you know what he did, Bob? It allowed me to stop and think. I wasn't thinking. I was just going, going. I was definitely not being. I was just going and doing and just being busy, trying to escape. Right. I think we all do a little yeah. bit of that. Yeah, absolutely. It's not right? a lot. I, I like to call it cutting, uh, which is the extreme people that actually cut their bodies to feel the adrenaline and because they're in such yeah. mental anguish. I, my, mm -hmm. my theory is that most people will do something to cover up, you know, that deeper pain. Yeah. yeah. But go Absolutely. on, I'm sorry. Absolutely. No, don't be sorry at all. <laughs> um, you know, so eventually all those little things, you know, uh, you know, you know, Bob, and it's amazing because this, this journey has been 10, 11 years now in the making. And, you know, if I look back, you know, today, who I am as a, as a person, who I, who, who I became as a man, which is barely, I'm barely scratching the surface, by the way, you know, this is, this, this journey just started yes. and it's a long way to go, mm -hmm. but I would have never thought 10 years, 11 years ago, you know, when I was in my garage trying to end my life that today I will be doing what I'm doing, you know, um, you know, sharing my story, but also serving people and working with you know, Tony Robbins now and, and having been taught by incredible shamans in the Amazon jungle in Peru, you know, the ancient art of shamanism and so on. I would have never thought in a million years that this would happen to me, mm -hmm. you know. And yet when I stopped and I was, instead of escaping my pain and trying to numb it with you know, every, any way possible. For me, for me, it wasn't alcohol or drugs or anything like that or anger. For me, it was sleep. Okay. So I would constantly sleep, right? I was, yeah. I was always exhausted. And you um, mentioned adrenaline. I think that's a drug. Because I know when I worked, I was constantly on adrenaline because I was a nervous person. And so every mm -hmm. meeting we had, I got nervous. I still get nervous. And mm -hmm. once we got to the meeting, I was like the calmest person in the world because the adrenaline would hit me, and I felt great. Yeah. And mm -hmm. and I know this happened to my father as well because he would always yell and scream. One time I was driving in a car to go to Christmas, mm -hmm. and he was complaining, ah, Christmas, I hate Christmas. Why do we have to go? Why do we get a flat tire. 
So I get out to change it, and I figure he comes over, and he's going to start yelling, complaining, and everything. And the calmest mm-hmm. voice ever, he goes, you know, these things happen. So mm. it's the same thing. Uh, it's that anticipation of a disaster mm-hmm. that causes more pain than the disaster itself. It's weird. But, yeah. Everybody finds their own way. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you know everybody will find their own way. L- listen, to be the honest, you know, to be completely honest with you, you know, I use my anxiety and my depression a lot for mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I knew how to use it. I I became a master of using it, mm-hmm. and oftentimes, you know, I tell you the honest truth with my clients, I can see. And eventually, they realize that pattern as well. You know, for me, I knew exactly what what I would get out of my anxiety. You know, when my wife would call me, you know, when I was as what as, was at work, and we had a construction company, and so on and so forth. So I was out of the house, but she knew what I was going through—the panic attacks and so on. So she would call me, you know, and and when she would call me, I knew exactly what to say to receive what I what was desperately needing which was love and attention and and you know care mm-hmm. so i would co- i would talk accordingly you know i would say oh yes i you know i just had a panic attack or i just had this and that and my my wife was you know my wife was at my side the whole time my wife believed in me before i even knew what believing in oneself even meant mm-hmm. right so she would always care about me. She would, you know, she would say, oh, come home and, um, you know, I'm going to cook you some food or do something, you know, maybe you just need to rest, tell the manager to go to the meeting or whatever, right? And I would just, you know, sometimes I will play like, um, no, you know, I got to push myself and I got to do this. And and she will care about me, you know, and I, 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 and I used that. Mm-hmm. That was my thing, you know, the, my... And then coming home and I would lay on the couch and she would take care of me. And man, I'm a 40 years old man, right? And I'm and I'm broken, but instead of understanding it, I was using it to get myself right. what I needed. Right. Right. And later on when I realized that I, it was it was quite a shock for me, but it was a huge realization of how much, you know, love and um and connection with people is, you know, is, is so important. And we see now what's happening in the world right oh, now yes. where everybody is disconnected, right? Oh, yes. It's, it, it's terrible. It's, 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 it's scary, right? I, I think COVID just unmasked it, though. I think it was always oh, there. My God. But it, it unmasked oh, my it God. for a lot of people. Uh, mm. I even have a riff with my, my son now. Um, mm. and I think it, he was affected by the whole thing. So mm. it, it, it's really bad for everyone. Um, so you were, okay. you were around 42 when you started kind of a journey, uh, I was 40, 40. Could you, yeah, 2010, it was could in 2010. You, could you put a time period on when you started to turn things around? Well, like I said, so it was 2010 and uh, I saw this quote, if you do what you always got uh, done, you will get what you always got. And so that made me realize, okay, well, how am I living my life really? And what do I have done, you know, for changing or turning my life around? And I realized, and I had to be honest, that I had done nothing. 
I had done absolutely nothing but blaming my past, blaming my parents, blaming my 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 cousin that abused me, blaming my first wife that cheated on me, blaming you know the times that I spent in prison, blaming, 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 blaming me. I was just blaming everything. It became a time where I needed to take responsibility. It was just my turnaround was that moment, taking responsibility. And I remember I was on antidepressants when um, when this whole thing happened. And um, and when I read this quote, it really it really like went through my soul, I must say. So I wanted to know who who this quote was by, and it was by Tony Robbins of oh, all wow. things, which I didn't know. I didn't know him at the time. So I look him up, and um, I, st- I, g- I get into his uh, website, and there is uh, an event coming up a week after. Right? This is how my life actually just literally step-by-step step turned around. And a week after was this event in Sydney. I'm in Melbourne. This is like an hour and a half flight. So I, I called my wife, and I said to her, do you know this Tony Robbins guy? And she says, yeah, I think he's an American speaker and whatever. And I said to her, Bob, I said, do you think he can help me? This is how desperate I was. I didn't know what to do, how to do. But mm-hmm. at that moment, I, I, I became very humble. I think life humbled me in that garage where, you know, it taught me that, listen, you do not know how. you got to look for help. And you will turn this around. Mm-hmm. So I said, he's got an event a week from now and we should go. And I paid the tickets for both of us and we went, right? We went to this event and three days later, which was a Sunday, I remember in the morning. And again, when I say this, I'm not saying, you you know, for anybody listening to this, this is not, a, you know, my advice. This is what I did. This is only my journey, right? But on the Sunday, I was about to, take my pills, my antidepressants. I was on Lexapro. And um, and I popped the pill in my mouth after brushing my teeth and I grabbed a glass of water. We were about to go back to the event on day three. And I looked at myself in the mirror. And at that moment, I, I think it was probably the first time I ever connected to myself. And, and I sped out that tablet. I just sped out that pill. And I flushed it, I, I, like it went down the, the, the drain and I grabbed the packet and I flushed them all down down the toilet and I mm. flushed the okay. water. And I, uh, I got to put a big warning here. That's yeah, dangerous. Absolutely. That's very dangerous. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. So this you is gotta, not a recommendation. This is my story. Yeah, you have to weed off medicine, yeah. but obviously you survived it. But I'm just absolutely. putting that out so, there. Absolutely. And and that's when I said, I will never do this again. I will never take one pill again. I am done. Right. Okay. And I think at that moment, my identity just shifted. Went back to the event, finished the event, and I got myself a coach. And with this coach, you know, things started to move. You know, I got focused. I got driven. I put all my intention into my business, which we grew to seven figures. We ended up having 22 staff and, you know, life was good, like abundance all the way. But about a year and a half in, that's about 
2011, 20, nearly 2012, I started to go backwards. I started to feel anxious again. I started to not be happy. I had everything. I had everything, money, goodbye, but I was, I felt that I felt very, very much similar to, you know, 2010. Well, how like, long was it? Yeah. About a year after you gave that up the medicine? That was about a year and a half. Yeah, see, the same thing happened yeah. to me. I gave up all medicine, and I was good for a year, and then I crashed big time. So it's tricky when you get off medicine, and, and I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm just saying you got to be very aware and careful because it could be up to a year when symptoms come back, possibly. Mm. But anyway. Well, yeah. Well, to, to me, see, what came back was, or what came up was, I, and today I call it an inner and an outer journey. So our outer journey are the achievements, is the goal getting the things, right? Might that be a business, might that be growth in whatever way, a relationship, what, whatever it all is, the outer journey, right? Where that was taken care of. My coach was amazing, like, you know, I transformed my, my financial life. Everything was great. But my inner journey, which is our soul, our heart, which is our story, and all of that, that wasn't taken care of as it should have been. So I pushed my coach to, to really help me work on, the, on my trauma and my past and all of that kind of stuff mm-hmm. because I really felt that that was holding me back. Mm-hmm. I didn't go back to on medication and anything. Right. I didn't feel the need to do that, but I needed to find a way to heal, mm-hmm. right? And I remember she tried everything possible. It, it, it was just not possible to do. It was just, it, it just did not work. And and then one day I was listening to a podcast, uh, driving to work, and I heard the first time I heard about shamanism and the ancient practices of South America and plant medicines and so on and so forth. And that was a moment literally that my life changed forever. Okay. Which then I embarked on a journey of really – self-discovering myself um i went deep into my inner journey i went deep into my soul Mm -hmm. and i understood that the only way to heal is to love that pain and give it love give it love so much love to turn that pain into happiness to really understand our stories to really understand the full stories to really forgive to really understand that before we can let go of something we need to know what it is you know, we hear all the time, you know, let go, just let go, let go. This is, it's honestly, hard. it's BS. It doesn't work like that. You, you, you have to understand what you are about to let go of. You said that you took uh, plant-type medicine? Yes, yes. So, yeah, I, uh, I, um, I work very extensively with um, specific plant medicines in South America and I, I mean, that past has been with me now for nine years. And today, you know, I, I, um, I hold the same type of ancient practices. Well, b- before, before, you know, the situation that is going on in the world now, I was, it was all around the world. But uh, right now it's only here um, in Australia when I can, when we are not locked down. Um, but 
And today, my coaching approach is the, 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 the combination of the outer journey and the inner journey. So coaching, yes, but also taking a person way deeper within themselves and really understand what is going on so we can not only heal but grow mm-hmm. and turn all of our story, all of the challenges, all the perhaps traumas and things into our teachers because within every single story, there is a teacher in there that is teaching us something about ourselves. And our reaction usually is to flee, it's to run away from it, it's to push that feeling away. That's true. Where the best way is to embrace it and really go in there and say, you know what, what is going on? What am I running from? What am I scared of? And what can I do about this? What what can I learn from this? Because right. it's here not to harm me, but to serve me in some way. Even though if it's painful, even though I'm scared, and it's okay. But what can I learn from this? Okay. Right? Did you continue with the plant medicine? Are you still using that? Yes, I I, okay. I am absolutely. I I have trained and still train today with some incredible teachers in South America and hold specific uh, plant medicine um, ceremonies uh, with, uh, with, a, with a plant medicine called Wachuma, which is um, derived from a cactus mm-hmm. and very powerful antigen that, um, yeah, it, words can, cannot really much describe yeah. what's going on. It's not <clears throat> anything hallucinogenic or anything like that. Right. It's really a reconnection to your soul and really – you know, and sometimes it, it might be a little bit challenging uh, because they are part of ourselves that are hard to watch. But um, it's absolute transformation. But you had a but you guess, had a guide. You didn't just go in there and absolutely, yeah. absolutely. You you don't want to do this type of work with um, just by yourself or with someone that does not have any experience because this work is very. Um, challenging and can be very dangerous in the wrong hands so you want to definitely look out for people that are um you know that have integrity first of all but have dedicated you know um their life to this work and um that are drinking their own medicine okay (laughs) if i should say right not not just serving people and they being exempt by so but but today, I mean, my coaching process today with my clients that are all around the world and obviously can't come to my ceremonies, uh, they are getting served this medicine without even ingesting it. They're getting served the 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 wisdom that comes from those medicines, from those practices. Mm-hmm. And so what I do with people is, First of all, I don't want to go back in time because obviously we all know how our pain feels like and how, you know, um, and how sometimes very bad it feels. We all know that. I mean, we have lived it for a long time, so we know all about it. What I do is at the beginning is I want to find out where the person wants to really go. And, you know, Bob, oftentimes people don't want, don't know that because we are all focusing what happened in the past and the unjust about it and and the pain and not wanting to feel a certain way. So we focus on what we don't want, but people forget to know and remember themselves of asking themselves, what is it that I really want? 
how does life, how does my perfect life look like if I could design it? If I could visualize it, how would that look like? So what I do at the beginning is really looking for that um, awakening within a person. What is it really that you want? You know, and um, I want them to be really specific because this is what we're going to design. But along the way to allow a journey to go and achieve whatever matters to the person, I take the people within themselves. So they don't need to achieve something to feel a void, right? And feel that moment of happiness. Because at the end of the day, whatever you want to achieve in life, it's not actually about the thing that you're achieving, but it's the feeling that you get by achieving that thing. And that feeling, unfortunately, just lasts maybe a day, an hour, a week, mm -hmm. or a month, the most. And then it's gone. And then what happens for people? They are running to the next thing, and they're constantly running. The original uh, name of this uh, broadcast was Over the Rainbow, and that was the meaning, like, you want to go over the rainbow, but once you get there, you want to go home. Yeah. And I teach that a lot about, or I say that a lot about being home, going home. And I think that's Absolutely. important. That was the gist of Absolutely. that title. But go ahead. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, 100%. I couldn't agree more to that because, you know, the office is our head, is, you know, the achieving part. Home is our heart, you know. Right. So, right. Exactly. you know, oftentimes, oftentimes people, and I have done that before as well, don't worry, you know, we go and achieve things to feel at home for a moment. But then we realize that goes and that feeling is gone. And then we got to start all over again and go for the next thing. Yeah, amen to that, because that's, that's what we all do. Absolutely. But once we start to connect to our home and we go into that inner journey, all of a sudden the feeling that people are looking for, they have it every day. And the achievement doesn't become a feeling of the void, but it becomes an expression of who they are. And that's a completely different journey altogether. They don't need that achievement to make them feel a certain way because they know who they are. That is only a representation and a reflection for who they are as human. And that's a beautiful place to be and live. Yeah, few people so, uh, obtain that, really. Um, it's very, very difficult. But at least people in my broadcast will know what, you know, they'll have an idea on what to do, which is great. Um, the medicine, I think there are some people that, that need to take it, but not everybody, not most people actually, I would say mm. don't really need to take medicine, but, uh, I, I'd be interested in lo looking over that plant medicine that you talk about. But, um, yeah. so if, if somebody wanted to go in your direction or, hire you for instance do you do like a you know a, a virtual type thing or they pretty much have to fly over to australia uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the the thing is with plant medicine you can't do that virtual that is really i mean imagine or, or perhaps it's going to be hard to imagine maybe but if you close your eyes and you allow yourself to go back in time 3,500 years ago where this practice that I follow started, perhaps it started earlier than that, but the first 
you know, carvings and, 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 and proof of this work is about 3,500 years ago. Um, you know, this, these are very ancient practices that have a very detailed way of doing the work because of the sheer power of the work and what goes into it. Um, but it's it's a very it's a very sacred space, Bob. I believe that it, yeah. the, you can't you can't replicate within uh, a a um, a virtual uh, yeah. context in a, in a way. But with my coaching, with my practice, with my way of I work, I bring people to those places by getting them to experience certain things without even having to ingest the actual medicine okay medicine right so you know my my journey with people that work with me is <laughs> um very intimate if you wish very very intimate in the sense of um you know it's not just a, a once in a week we're going to catch up and we're going to have a chat the people that work with me, they have me all day, every day when they need me. Okay. So, you know, they, they, yes, we do three sessions per month, one month off for allowing them to take some time, to, you know, go a little bit deeper in, in some practices, or perhaps they want to catch up with some things that they didn't finish yet, or whatever it is that they, at the end of the day, the person is always the captain of the ship. I will always only sit by and let them navigate and take life back into their own hands. But what I also offer to people, uh, which I don't think there's a lot of people doing that, is that when people feel stuck and perhaps one day is not a good day and they don't, you know, I don't want them to wait a week for me to help in a way. They can reach me every single moment of the day. So this is virtual. So this part That's of it is, virtual. is a virtual thing, right? Yes, of course. They will. They will. They they will given. They will be given an app. They can contact me, and they can literally, um, you know, send me a message, vo a voice message. That is, so I can hear the voice. I can hear, you know, and tap into what's going on with them at the moment, and. You know, I only allow them to send me a one-minute message, not a 10-minute or a half-an-hour rant. It's only a one-minute or less message to allow them to find their resourcefulness. Okay. See, a lot of people sometimes get, get discouraged because they do not have the resources. Might there be time, might there be the support, might there be money, might, might there be this or that or that. But we forget that... Even we might not have the resources, we might have the resourcefulness to make stuff happen. So by keeping that message very short, I need them to think about the question they want to ask me or what they want to share with me. And in that moment, what happens? When inner wisdom comes on mm -hmm. and all of a sudden the answers that you might look for, you find them to be right there with you. With yourself, and yes. You know, and you know what? At the beginning of a journey with a new client, um, you know, I might get a message every day, sometimes twice a day, sometimes more, depending on the case. But, you know, a month, two months, I barely hear from them anymore because 
you know, they were able to shift, they were able to change their mm-hmm. identity, were able to understand the story, they were able to take their life into their own hands, uh, which is quite a beautiful experience and, and, and it's, a, it's a blessing to be able to witness that. So my, my, my connection to the people I'm, I'm called to serve is very, very intimate. Um, you know, I want them to take me on their own life's journey and I take them onto mine. And there's no holding back. If there is something that goes on, we want to share that. And we learn to embrace our story and understand that our story is powerful and not to be ashamed of, but to be shared because the world is waiting for it. Um, you know, so. What, what is the best, uh, I'm sorry, what is the best way to initiate this process for people that are listening right now? They can they can go to my website, which is called lifeartistmastery.com. And um, and they, if there is any spots left at the moment, at the moment I only got three spots left to join me on a one-on-one um, uh, kind of a relationship. That's where they can go and they can, um, can uh, apply from there and, and we go through a, an interview process and, and, and see if we are both a fit. Uh, to each other, and um, and then the journey continues. Uh, you know, starts from there. I uh, I should say. Mm-hmm. So it's um, yeah. So lifeartistmastery.com. Okay, and I'll put that in the description of today's mm-hmm. program. People will go there. They will. There is a few questions that they will be asked, and if they go through that process and they you know they fill in the questions and so on, they will be asked to. Um, put in a time and date for us to have a chat and that usually will be an hour and a half or sometimes an hour, an hour and a half, two hours and we really want to understand where we're at, what, what the person really needs and what, you know, what the person wants in, in its life or what's, you know, mm-hmm. where we're at. Mm-hmm. And if we both are a fit for each other and we both feel, yeah, I think we can, you know, for me it's important, can I serve this person? I don't want the person to, you know, to to waste any time and uh, you know i know that life is precious and time is precious so i don't want to rob anybody's time so i want to make sure that if i take someone on i want to be sure that i can serve them to the highest level mm-hmm. um so yeah so we have we have a little discussion little chat see where we're at if both you know if we both feel well after that we um we 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 you know, we get them on board and, and start this journey. We exchange okay. access to, to our app to reach out to us. And or I say us because, uh, you know, I, I always feel I'm, I'm sort of guided. It's not about me at all at the end of the day. But, um, but yeah, then the journey continues. They set a time and, and day that they want to catch up every week for three times a month. And, uh, and off we go. You know? Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Um, uh, do you have any other um, sites or anything else you want to? Yes, I, put at out the to? moment I have it. Uh, yeah, I um, I have a little giveaway which is called, or the 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 website is called ultimatesuccess.me, uh, and it's a, a free giveaway where people can go and there's um, a beautiful exercise which I call the seven level deep, which uh, allows people to to find their core why. Of they want something, you know. Oftentimes we we tell ourselves we want something because of a motive, but usually that motive is very 
surface level kind of thing. It's not really now core. And what happened if the if our wise surface level, as soon as an adversity or something happens, that core that core why goes out the window because there's no fire behind it. Mm-hmm. But once people can understand why really they want to achieve whatever that is, that is like a raging fire. And when you feel challenged, when you feel that you you know not progressing or whatever. The moment that you feel like you want to give up, you will remember that why. And that why will be the one thing that will push you forward. And this comes really from shamanism because when people come into my retreats, before even they get to start the the retreat, the question to them is, why are you here? What is your intention for, for being here? And the reason why I want to know that and all really people to be honest about it is the intention is the only thing that will help you get through anything. If your intention is strong and you're backing it up with your soul and who you really are, you will get through anything because when, when adversity hits and it will, it always does. This is life. Right? It's not to us, but for us, but it will hit. The intention will be the one that will break through that because there's nothing else left. So I use that in my, in my coaching as well. What is your why? Why is it that you want to do whatever it is you want to do? Gotcha. And this exercise will help them to find that why. Gotcha. Um, so I give that away. And then there's also a... Um, there's also a um, morning routine, you know, a few steps morning routine that are really powerful. So people feel that they're owning the day rather than that they're owning them. And then there is a few um, a screen um, uh, to put on your phone with a few affirmations on there to keep people in a good in a good state during the day. So it's a giveaway, and uh, you know, uh, I. I'm Sounds sure good. people will, will love it. Okay. So that's ultimate success dot me. Gotcha. Anything else? Mm-hmm. We're, yeah, that's, we're good. that's pretty okay. much it. I got on Instagram, I am on Instagram Rodolfo De Angeli. My in my Facebook group is Life Artist Mastery. Um so you can join me on my group. On Facebook, I'm also Rodolfo De Angeli. And and all my th- there's a podcast, Life Artists radio um so everything i do bob is life artist you might ask why why is that you know i feel life artist is the person who can use all of the things that life has given them the shadows and the lights and see them as colors right, right. i today i see my parents giving me away as a child and having gone through that trauma or my my cousin, you know, sexually abusing me or all of the other things that happened for me. I see them as colors and I use them to paint my own masterpiece that represents my life. So the life artist is the person that can grab all of the things that happened for him or for her and put them on a canvas not being ashamed, not being afraid of the shadows or too much light or too much shadow, but actually put them on a canvas because those represent who you are. And I believe everybody has quite an amazing masterpiece 
Yes, they do. They do, and I wish people can find that. I really appreciate you being on the show. Uh, It was very interesting, and if people want to contact you, it'll be in the description of my program. Uh, I thank you very much for for coming on the show, and enjoy Australia. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate you, Bob, and uh, yeah, thank you for allowing me to share my story and share what I've learned and a little bit of insights that I have gained in my life. I really hope I can I can serve uh, yourself, but also your audience. It was an absolute honor. I'm deeply humbled for allowing my you know for having allowed myself to do so. So I thank you so much uh, for that. Thank you. Take care. Absolutely. Same to you, Bob.